This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Two guys who are just now realizing how many Euro jokes they missed out on with that vessel seized in Philadelphia a few weeks back. <sighs> so, last week, I sit down. I got my sleepy time tea. No, it's not, it's not sleepy time. Craig always calls it sleepy time tea. It is not. It's mint tea, which is very good for my delicate, delicate throat. I sit down, ready to record some tangy tent for all of the people. All the people want to take a direct trip to Flavortown. And what happens as soon as I open the Google Hangout, but my internet just decides to crap out entirely? Entirely. <sighs> yeah. I just want to say that I was ready to go. And I my my internet did not go out. I was prepared. And uh, I could have recorded last week. So, uh, you know, Steve's quote-unquote power went out. And all of a sudden... My just... power, I never claimed my power <laughs> went out, sir. Good day, sir. Oh, okay. You're, uh, you're just your internet. My and internet cable. and cable. My internet and cable. My yeah. utilities. <laughs> non-power and gas just Not a really lot of uh just a lot of dvds this weekend i you know well, i have a lot of dvds thank god i saved all those seasons of the simpsons on dvd because that that got me through it yeah i would have had a long weekend i want to i don't know what i would have done but else most people would have a long weekend most <laughs> people don't have an absurd collection of dvds that they've hung on to for some reason that is true. The last two times my my internet have been out, I've watched uh, I've watched some old Thirty Rocks, some Simpsons. Oh, uh, I watched Air Force One the previous time. Still great. Okay. Get off my plane! Amazing. And <laughs> of course, and this week we decided to take a trip back to the late '90s, early 2000s, and rewatch Boondock Saints, a movie that, as you guessed. Has not aged well. I, well, I mean, that was a pretty good movie when we were in high school, though. You gotta admit, when we were in high school, school when I was in college. (laughs) Well, I'm speaking whenever you are in high school, Boondock Saints is a good movie. And then, I don't know, you go to college and then you're kind of like, well, not the best movie. In college, (laughs) in college, I enjoyed it because it was just dumb shit. And then now I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is a movie. Yeah, it's it's definitely a movie. It is a movie I, that was made. You ever see the second one? No, thank God. Yeah, yeah, thank God is right. I remember I turned that one. That was back when I I liked Boondock Saints and I wanted to watch the second one. And I got halfway through and I was like, ah, all right, I can't. I'm not doing this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this right. is too much. But I, how many DVDs do you think you have? How many DVDs do I, I, I have? I have, uh, I have one right now on me because I've moved so much and I've lost so many things while traveling. It's got to be at least fifty. Okay, that's a pretty good amount. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've got a decent amount. I've got enough for, you know, at least a week of internet being out. At least a week of internet being out entertainment. 
That's pretty good. But it shouldn't uh, come down to that because it's it's no, the year it's 2019, and my internet should just constantly stay up and and never have squirrels chew through the line or natural disasters or power surges or whatever the hell knocked it out. Are squirrels is are squirrels taking out electricity in Philly? Is that a big problem within the city? Just internet, Craig. Just just internet. Just the the fiber optics. You keep confusing (laughs) my internet going out with my all my power going out. I know. I'm trying to make this a yeah. I gotcha. But I mean, is it like do squirrels come? I I don't know. I don't know. The FiOS guy came and he's working on it, and he's like, now I got to go. I go to the source and check out like your signal strong. I got to see if blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh, what would be up at the source? And he's like, well, squirrels chew. I'm like, Oh, okay. Oh, well, there you go. So a a squirrel might've deprived. It it might've been our friend, the rat's cousin. I I don't know what the cousin's (laughs) name is yet, but uh, the squirrel might have been a a podcast terrorist. And I want to see it. A diagram of this fake uh, animal family you just started. <laughs> a rat that's a cousin with a squirrel. <laughs> just go I, from there. Know, a squirrel is basically just a rat with a cuter tail. Ah, uh, you're not wrong. Yeah, I'm not wrong. They're the more dapper rats. The more, more rats. Yes, they're the rats that went to college and are educated, and then they're <laughs> they're the coastal elites of the. Uh, yeah, the animal kingdom. I got coastal you. elites <laughs> standing at the top of the trees, holding a nut, just shaking their heads at the world. Yeah, it sounds like a squirrel. I got gotcha. you. Oh, Uncle Squirrel. But uh, your 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 internet's back. Obviously, when did you My get internet's it back? back? When did I get it back? I got it back Sunday morning because <laughs> I tried to do everything I could could to not call out a technician. Everything I could. It was just classic classic stereotypical early 90s man just i might as well have been tim allen and home improvement for no i can figure this out oh and then something conservative so i i did everything i could because they they scared me into thinking i'd have to pay a lot of money to have somebody come out and and look at this but uh i i gave in after i reset the the modem for maybe the like 20th time And here we are talking about hockey in the month of July. They call it July, the month in which everybody celebrates the ice sport called hockey. You know, so we're recording into the morning to make up for last week's absence is what we're going to do. That's Just what we're going to do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got it. Look, we got plenty to talk about. We can talk about Paul Holmgren, Scott Lawton, and Nicholas Alby Bell. That should be enough four hours of content we're not gonna talk about else. just those three things nakgb is gonna be delighted (laughs) by this this might be the most we talk about nak on this podcast yeah until hopefully next season when he plays a little bit more but yeah this might be the most love he's gonna get on this podcast in a minute so but uh the big news from the last two weeks was uh paul hongren stepping down well essentially stepping down he Got promoted to a new role, but it sounds like he is. I don't is believe it, man. I don't believe it, man. He's You're not just oh, he's yeah. just stepping. He's stepping down. Okay. He's gonna be running the flyers covertly from Minnesota, man. All right. He's gonna be in a cabin. He's gonna be looking at charts and stuff, getting daily scouting reports. He's going nowhere. Shadow <laughs> Flyers. 
Illuminati I, flyers. If I looked at the flyers Facebook page right now, I want to say 75% of the comments are just people going, oh, great, keeps getting promoted up. And it pretty much, when you look Paul at the Holmgren release. might as well own the flyers at yeah. this point, making all those decisions, bringing in all those ex-Minnesota Wild players, clearly Paul Holmgren all over again. But in the release, it says, you know, he's going to spend more time with his family and friends and be playing putt-putter. I don't know what it said exactly, but it pretty much sounded like he's not going to be, it does not sound like he's going to be dedicated to pretty much helping the Flyers all the time, as he has been for the past 40 years. You know, that's that's how he got that gray beard. Yeah, wears him down. (laughs) He spent a lot of time with the Flyers. It would would wear down a lot of us, I believe. But he... uh... It'd be hilarious if we checked back in with Paul Holmgren in two months and he had, like, just dark hair again, dark beard. Yeah. Like, he took up jet skiing and he's just doing flips (laughs) and tricks. Looks like he's about to go play uh, volleyball with uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Go play some basketball with Woody Harrelson. Like, he just looks in pristine athletic shape. Yeah, that that wouldn't be surprising. So wait, he's both Val Kilmer and Wesley Snipes. <laughs> well, a, a hybrid, if you, I could see that. Paul Holmgren, even a couple of days off, he could probably get back into looking like a younger guy. So he spent a, a lot, of, a lot of time with the Flyers. Here, let's break it down. I, I have a lot of statistics, Stephen. Uh, he was taken oh, 108 overall in the sixth round by the Flyers in 1975 amateur draft. He was a player, assistant wait, coach. What year was that, Craig? What year was that, Craig? Hashtag 1975. 1975. 1975, pretty good year. They won the cup, took Mel Bridgman first overall, took Paul Holmgren, haven't done anything since. So it's been a long time. Years, but... yeah, my new Twitter account, years since Holmgren drafted. <laughs> the burn that the Penguin fans don't know about. Uh, player, assistant coach, head coach, director of professional scouting, Director of Player Personnel, Assistant GM, GM, and Team President were all the roles he served for the team. And now he is a senior advisor to Dave Scott and GM Chuck Fletcher. Uh, He's Chuck done Fletcher it all. Will also now serve as the president of hockey operations as well as the GM. Uh, he had 50 points in 67 postseason games for the Flyers. He had 309 points and 1,600 PIMs in 500 games for the Flyers during the regular season. He had a 30-goal <laughs> season. Baby, that is true flyers right <laughs> that there. That is a ton of pims. Yeah, I tried to look up all the uh fight totals, but it was uh yeah. It was one thirty goal season in nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty, one twenty two goal season in nineteen eighty, nineteen eighty one, eighty five majors as a flyer. He was uh 107, 126, and thirty one over parts of four seasons as the Flyers coach. Uh he was never on part of a winning Flyers team, although he obviously became he came very close on several occasions. Uh, as we said, drafted in 75. First season in the league with the Flyers is 1975-76. So just missed. Lost as a player to the Canadians in 76. Lost and the Islanders in 80. Lost as an assistant coach in 87 to the Oilers. Lost in 97 as a pro scout to the Red Wings. And then lost in 2010 to the Blackhawks, of course, as the GM. He also spent time as a player with the North Stars, the Minnesota North Stars. And uh, was interim GM and head coach of the Hartford Whalers for a bit. And, of course, apparently I'm the only person that did not know this. When he was GM of the Hartford Whalers, he fired Pierre McGuire. Which, Steve, you told me already. Easily, easily the best move of of his career. Now, was it, though? Because now Pierre McGuire is still with us. 
if he had kept him there, maybe the Harford Whalers still exist and we don't have to listen to Pierre all the time. Number that's one. A that's you a think, crazy jump. <laughs> you think Pierre's going to save the whale? <laughs> that's a crazy thing. You know what? Hold on. You weren't for a crazy Facebook post at the beginning of this. This is like, I feel like somewhere on Facebook that was laid out. Where somebody tried to make a joke like, oh, he fired Pierre. And then they probably just said that exact, same exact crazy thing I just said. There'd still be a hockey team in Hartford and Pierre wouldn't be on my TV. <laughs> I feel like some people, uh, look, Holmgren, the end of Holmgren's tenure was, um, as GM was, was something. Uh, it, it didn't go well. Uh, his last big move was acquiring Andrew McDonald and then extending him. And he made a couple of win now moves for a team that was barely in the playoffs. But overall, I kind of I, I can't really I can't really hate Paul Holmgren. I, I mean, he was part of the franchise for a long time. He did first part first half of his tenure as GM or first, you know, three quarters or whatever. He made he made some pretty Shrewd moves. I mean, he wasted a lot of draft picks and cap space, but he did turn a team that was last in the league into a team that was uh, three wins from the cup within the next year. And he brought in Hartnell and Tiemann and Briere. And I was actually thinking about that today. The twenty this off season is kind of like the two thousand seven off season, but I think the two thousand seven off season, or I don't think it definitely brought in uh, bigger and better names with Pierre Hartnell and team like yeah. that the end of 06 07 and then that summer um but I, mean, I Holmgren did all that good and he's also responsible for it just some of the most annoying moves in in Flyers oh, yeah. history and I know no. a lot of that's Ed Snyder I know a lot of it was was Snyder saying this can't stand we've got to get Richards and Carter out of here we got to bring Brisgaloff in but just, just I, I hated those moves at the time. I hate them now. And unfortunately, yeah. that really tarnishes all of the good that Paul Holmgren did. And I even, you know, the Yager move worked out great. But even then, it's still Richards, Carter, Brzgalov. That little triumvirate of failure is just, it kills me. So do you think that was more, let's see, all those transactions, I put more Snyder at blame just because it's documented that he was, I need a goalie. He came in and he was like, I need a goalie. I don't care how. Maybe. Well, I guess the question is, did Holmgren take that and say, Brizgalov's the guy? Or did Snyder say, I need Brizgalov specifically? Because Anybody could have told you that Brzgalov, while having amazing, amazing regular season numbers, just a complete abject disaster in the postseason. Okay. I mean, I don't remember the specifics of uh, it was just Brzgalov or a goalie. I think it was just a goalie, and I think Brzgalov was supposed to be the biggest name on the market that offseason. He was supposed to be the biggest name on the market. and. That's true, but the biggest name doesn't make it the right choice. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not arguing that with you, but (laughs) that was, I just couldn't believe they did that move. Oh, I I I, couldn't believe it. Yeah, I don't think any of us could believe. I I mean, especially the, yeah, the Richards and Carter deals were, I mean, those were both pretty shocking at the time. But see, so the way I look at those, those trades were, 
they were forced mainly by Schneider. We don't know to what extent, but it sounds like it was very much an Ed Snyder type, go get me that guy type of assessment. And I don't know if Richards, I remember the cap being tight. I don't know if Richards and Zakar need to be traded, but con, considering you traded those two, did. no, you probably didn't. No. But considering you traded those two, I think the outcomes of both of those trades for the Flyers worked out pretty well, in my opinion. I know the Kings it, won. It, the, the, the short term versus the long term is always the, the tough question on that one. But it's. Is it? Yes, because this was a good team that got blown up and okay, look, okay, it, okay. it it worked out as far as Couturier and I mean, and Couturier and, goes, Vorchek, and yeah. Simmons and, and Shen were good for a while here, but we didn't win shit. Well, no, but I mean, that doesn't a team winning doesn't signify that a certain trade worked. It's like the thing that we've been right, saying. But I yeah. felt like they were more win now ready with Richards and Carter in place with yes. And they would have had a better chance than when they blew it all up. They moved to the Giroux with the Simmons, Shen, Voracek, Yager. One year it worked out very well until they ran into, they lost the devils in the second round that year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they had a lot of things go right that year too. In 2011, 12. It's just been all the mediocrity ever since it's, it's been, the exact complaints everybody's heard ever since. And I'm not saying it's solely because of those moves far from it, but I just felt like that team was much more win now ready with those players in place. Those very good players that they, they got rid of it just, and Frizgalov was just terrible. He was just terrible. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's the, like if they had made those trades and they had gotten a different goalie besides Prince Galoff, I wonder what the conversation would be now. Like if sure. they had gotten a, I don't know what a Bob or like whatever the equivalent of a price or a, like, like a, a, a top end goalie that is maybe not the best in the league, but is maybe a, a top five, 10 guy. Like Prince was coming off of a postseason in which he had an 879 save percentage, a 436 GAA. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And, and they said, was- this is the guy who's going to get us to the next level. That's, I think that's ultimately uh, what drives me nuts about that move because it's a guy who has great regular season numbers, but was clearly shit in the postseason. And you can blame that on Phoenix, but he was shit. He, and he lost his shit. Like he was not, I, I hated that move. And it, it, whatever you say about Snyder saying, get me a goalie, how much of that, who made the decision on Brizgalov? Why was Brizgalov the guy? Was it just because he was a name? Because it was the wrong move. I, I I felt that way at the time. I feel that way today. And unfortunately to for Paul Holmgren, that is his legacy for me. That is, it is a mixed bag. It is a lot of shrewd moves early up front, got this team back in a winning position. And then like a lot of GMs, like Penguins fans are seeing this with Rutherford right now. Once you get, so oh, yeah. winning and you you might it's hard to sustain it's hard to to keep up there and you start to make these increasingly crazy moves then you sign shay weber to an insane offer sheet and yeah well i was You're gonna say timeshare yeah dogs and a, cats living together mass pandemonium <laughs> no but your point of the uh 
I was making this point with, uh, I think, my friend who's a Blackhawks fan. There seems to be a point with every GM, like Stan Bowman and um, Jim Rutherford and even Holmgren, even though Holmgren didn't win a cup. There seems to be a point with GMs that were really, really strong and made a lot of good moves in the beginning of the tenure. There's one trade you could point to where from that point on, it's just it's just big a big train of like what was this or like why did you trade this asset or why did you move these these many picks for this player and it just becomes like a you can start to see where things unravel. I'm not quite sure where that point is with Holmgren. I want to say it would be the Shea Weber offer sheet, uh, but I think even before that, I would say giving up two picks for Grossman isn't a good idea. Uh, giving up assets for Pavel Kabina, like somewhere. I, like I think honestly, probably after maybe the Yager signing, from there on out is kind of when things started to turn for Holmgren, and th- th- and moves just started to complicate the cap years down the line. And there we didn't have pro- the Flyers didn't have prospects, they didn't have draft picks, and you it get became the JVR for Luke Shen move, which is yeah. just you pretty that's much an all-time the Flyers atrocity. That's an all-time Flyers atrocity. Yeah, and you get um. He was, I felt, where the Red Wings are right now is kind of where the Flyers were back in 2013-14, where it was, you have a lot of players locked up for a lot of years, and it's really hard to move those contracts, but you don't really, you have like Justin Abdelkader and Danny DeKaiser and all these guys that are, they weren't going to get that on the market. But now they're clogging up your salary cap for years. That's what kind of felt like in 2013, 14. And that is why I liked a lot of the work that Hextall did, even though he wasn't as aggressive in free agency, everything. But that that's a whole other thing. I mean, Holmgren, I don't know. I, I don't know how he's going to be viewed years down the line. I think people will look back on his time as a GM a little differently than they do right now. I think right now it's a little hard to look at because of what you just laid out, Steve, of those trades one good year and then since then it seems like the flyers have been trying to get back to where they were in 2011-12 or what the they had when Richards and Carter still on the team the reputation is crazy Paul Holmgren and again time might be kind to that and we could look back very differently but the the current reputation that sticks with a lot of people is crazy Paul Holmgren the guy who will yeah. just pull some bizarre shit out of his ass, and then you find yourself with Andrew McDonald for the rest of eternity. Yeah. And I I mean, he bringing in Chuck Fletcher this offseason, um, and kind of leaving it in his hands, I will say the firing of Hexall, I expected, I mean, Fletcher made a ton of moves uh, this season and offseason. I thought he might might have done even more uh, but I think keeping on to all the first round picks and not trading any of the prospects, I think, was huge. And I think that's something that once Textall left, a lot of people were worried about the the starting of the dismantling of like the prospect pool and like trading away draft picks and everything. But I mean, the Justin Braun deal is not great because I'm not a big fan of Braun and they give up a second and a third. Um, I feel like a lot of GMs make those types of deals, though. It wasn't a. It feels a little more like, average. It, it feels like yeah. they've gone back to the, yeah, uh, the it's mean, not, in a sense, where they've yeah. got kind of an average amount of cap space, and they've got, 
you know, they, they make those moves where it's like, okay, they signed Hayes. He's a guy that's going to work out well in the short term, mm-hmm. but that's, you know, one to 2 million too many and one to two years too many. So it's, but that's such a, yeah, a classic yeah. GM move. That's such a, a regular, not, not average, yeah. but just like, that's, that's a, that's a move. A lot of GMs make in the NHL. Yeah. I think Fletcher is somewhere in between what the end of Holmgren's tenure was and Hextall, which I think what they were aiming for. And I think that's, I think it's kind of the reason why Holmgren is stepping away now. Cause I don't think he, I don't know. I, I don't think he, I don't think he can do the day. Well, obviously he really can't do the day to day anymore <laughs> if he's stepping away, but I don't think he right. wants to be involved in trying to pull off these trades anymore where he's just, or having a, you know, kind of being involved in that whole process. I think he's just, well, it's a lot of pressure too. It is. It's a lot of pressure because you've heard Holmgren and Dave Scott talk a lot about the, the flyers reputation, the flyers legacy since Hextall was fired, that kind of stuff. And you very much got the impression that Holmgren had taken upon, taken it upon himself to maintain that flyers legacy and that was very important to him. And that was a big part of why they did what they did with Hextall. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're right. You're right. And um, I don't really, I mean, I don't know what else to say about Holmgren. Honestly, I'm not, uh, it was, it's might be the, I mean, I think it'd probably be the biggest news this month, unless pro Ralph signs in the next couple of days, but uh, he was a pretty integral part of the franchise forever. And he's finally stepping away. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know what this is going to do for the Flyers as a team moving forward. It'll be interesting to see what some of these, uh, I guess, transactions look like or if we see any more front office shuffling. But they, they've already done a lot of stuff. They brought in Valerie Camillo, I think is her name, from the Nationals, and Sean Dilger. I have mentioned him stepping down like two months ago. So they've uh, spent a lot of front office shakeup, which I guess makes sense after – Hextall's firing, so hopefully, hopefully everything's settled now, and it starts to look like what it'll look like for years to come. Maybe, uh, maybe the team starts to get good again. Maybe. Well, as we've discussed before, in that regard, I I have no idea what to expect from the Flyers this year. Whereas last year, we felt very much like that JVR signing and the development of the younger players would lead to hopefully uh, you know we were all expecting a step oh yeah and the the fact that they they stayed the same in fact got a little worse was just crushing to everybody and i think because of that the expectations are low and and they also made a lot of like kevin hayes signing really sums up this offseason because they made that gudas for niskanen trade they made the braun trade they brought in elaine vigneault these are all we we discussed the sexiness factor of these moves. These are not sexy moves. Yeah, they are not no, full trips to Flavor Town. They need more donkey sauce. They but, need more donkey sauce. None of them are definitive. Fly the Flyers won this trade type deals, or the Flyers did really good with this signing type deals. Which is what I was. Yeah, that kind of like when the when the Nashville trades went down and the Flyers ended up with Hartnell and Timonen. Everybody that those moves when you say the Flyers writing Scott Hartnell and the chemo team, then that's a pretty sure you're you're like, yes, the the Flyers got better. You look at all these moves this offseason, I think 
the Hayes one, you can tell they definitely got better up front. But again, the, the two on defense are just, we're going to have to, I can see how they work, but not really, <laughs> not really too excited. But I am excited that this man is back for two more years, Steven. And that is Scott Lawton. Scotty Lawton. What a transition there. Nicely what? done. Two years, 2.3 million a year. Third contract, the second after his ELC. At 32, point, 32 points last season, 82 games. Uh, he also had a 30, 130 shots and averaged 1451 a game of ice time. Those are all career highs. Uh, but he also did have a 26 game and a 14 game goal drought this past season. Steven, are you happy with the number? Sure. I'm sure. absolutely fine with this. I said two weeks ago that I thought anything over two would be uh, a little bit of an overpayment. Uh, it is. Doesn't really matter. I mean, it's Doesn't we're really talking matter. like, it's... yeah, seven hundred k. So yeah, whatever. it's not ideal. I would have preferred one and a half, but it's, I mean, it's... Lawton's a solid player. He, he's yeah. he's not the two C that that iTunes reviewer seems to think <laughs> I want him to be. But he's <laughs> you want he's him as a perfectly one serviceable bottom six forward, and you know, I mean, that's that's about the price for a bottom six forward. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's uh. I mean, I haven't looked too much into how how much fourth liners get paid. I think Sunkfist, who was on the, I believe he was on the Blues fourth line for the postseason, just got paid over two million in arbitration. So, whatever. I mean, this is fine. This, uh, the Lawton deal isn't going to be anything that's going to shouldn't cause problems over the next two years. And if it does, I, I think Lawton's a, he can be an appealing player to other teams. I mean, he is a yeah a defensive bottom six center that. Uh, it plays pretty well defensively. I mean, he at points this season, he looked like the best player on the ice for games early on when the team was supposed to be actually competing for a playoff spot. And you thought there was hope games in October and November. There were, there were periods where Scott Lawton looked like the best player. Even his numbers this year weren't that great. I expect those to go up next year. I think playing with raffle and actually playing with a third linemate that both of them are going to be able to you know, form chemistry with and play alongside all year. And Tyler Pitlick, Maybe they, maybe he gets back to where he was two years ago. Hey man, so I just went. I just went on to Cap Friendly and did the compare this contract. Okay. So the highest match is Andrew Cop, who just signed. Yeah, with uh, he's two point one right too, isn't he? Uh, I think so. <laughs> I, I, hold on, I have it here because he's a um, he's an arbitration case. Oh no, he's going to. He went to arbitration. Yeah, he went to arbitration. Yeah, two point two eight for two years. Brock McGinn is up there. Arturi Lekkinen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jordan Jordan Martinuk. Yeah, and all these guys are going. Right Ryan now. Hartman. Yep, and Ryan Hartman's one point nine. Yeah, so they're all hovering around two. I'll give. Yeah, I'll give Scott Law on the higher end of that deal. I I I like Scott Lawton's game. I don't know he. He's got a little bit of speed. He is defensively responsible. And usually he has pretty good underlying numbers, not this season. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully just finds a little, a little more point production next year. Uh, I mean, you know, you're not expecting much out of your fourth line, but it's kind of rough going 26 games without a goal or 14 games without a goal. And he was, yeah, he was almost averaging 15 minutes a night. It's not like an Oscar Limblom thing where, his coach decided to just scratch him slash playing five minutes a night for a good chunk of the season. So fine deal. Don't care that it's 2.3. That's whatever. 
Uh, any more thoughts, Steve? Got any uh, hard hitting uh, Scott Lawton takes for us? No. All right, so I really don't on. like. Yeah. <laughs> no, we already talked about it like two weeks ago too. Yeah. So. Like, I really Scott Lawton is not worth more than a few minutes <laughs> worth of conversation because he's just a fine player and he's not somebody you should be outraged not made flashy. a slightly over two million. Oh no. Yeah. It's not flashy. I don't even know what is. What is Scott Lawton's most memorable moment? The flyer. I. On ice, I have no idea. I was gonna say, I the only thing I can think of is he almost died in the uh, the fucking 2016 playoff series against the Caps. That's the only thing I can remember. Uh, besides that, like uh, I just think of him looking like a serial killer. That's yeah. all I think of. I don't think of a single oh, yeah, on ice moment for him. So yeah, he probably he de- probably does have bodies buried. So you may wanna you may wanna go back and edit out that whole. We don't need to talk that much about Scott Lawton thing. So my he may not like that. So who's got the Just time? <laughs> Scott messaged you. He's like, hey, you want to take that out? He's like, ah, no, he's got the time. He can kill me. I don't care. It is whatever. Yeah. Who's got the time? Well, I hope Nicholas Albee Cabell's got the time because he's got a why am I doing these? these? Yeah, I, I am not. That was bad. But he's got he signed a one year extension for seven hundred thousand dollars. That was newscaster level. Well, you know who does have the time. <laughs> Nicholas Abi Kubel. Let's see what that rap scallions up to. Well, he's not up to scoring in the NHL because he has zero points. He had zero points in nine games this past season. Two shots oh, wow. on goal. 30 points in 54 AHL games. Also, 69 penalty minutes in the AHL. Very nice. Nice. 55.26 scores to four percentage, 51.86 expected goals four percentage, and 49.52 five on five time on ice this season. Played all nine of his games in 18, get 18 days span and received over 641 of ice time in a single game once. I think that's kind of hard to judge a player. Uh, I liked what I saw of him earlier in the year. Again, that was when the Flyers had that brief winning on the West Coast uh, trip, and then they kind of fell off immediately after that, but he looked good in the games he played and I wasn't sure why he was, he wasn't getting more ice time. He's fast. He always seems to be around the puck. He wasn't, I don't remember him being a defensive liability, uh, you know, in the minimal time he was out there on the ice this season. But again, this I, is like a 700 K man. That is that's <laughs> like, Oh, we just hired a guy to work minimum wage. This is the office assistant. This Great. Is it. <laughs> this is it. He's getting the, Get in the middle. Uh, what else was I going to say about an AK? I kind of I kind of wish he the bottom right part of the Flyers forward depth. I wish it wasn't open spot on the third line wing and Tyler Pitlick on the fourth line wing. I kind of wish it would be Joel Faraby, Frost, maybe Rat- like Ratcliffe on a prayer. I don't know. And then on the fourth line, it was an AK. I would have preferred that. Because NAK, I mean, he was going to cost you probably less than Pitlick as is, and also, I like that Pitlick Hartman deal. that still doesn't. I, I don't want to play Pitlick, so the Hartman Pitlick deal looks good. Like Pitlick again doesn't have any redeeming. <laughs> not, not a big fan of Tyler Pitlick. I wouldn't even care there. if he didn't make the roster. I yeah, wouldn't like even care. I, I, well, see. So speaking of that, here's an actual good segue that we can talk about, Steve, as we're rolling through the topics here. So you pointing out it's a good segue before you make the segue, not good se- segue, adequate, adequate. It, I know it's not, I, it, but 
I'm still going to kill the segue, so just get ready. So okay. speaking of speaking of players that they could put on the wings in the bottom six, they signed Chris Stewart to a PTO. You remember Chris Stewart? Nope. Nah, exactly. Uh, 31-year-old left winger, <laughs> right winger. <laughs> well, look, he was like fine years ago. I think he was on the Ducks in 2015-16 and posted. He had a fine season, fine play driving numbers or whatever. But last year, he was in the EIHL. Do you know what that is? The It's the fucking United Kingdom's league. It's the elite oh. ice hockey league. Yeah. So he had 13 points in 23 games for the Nottingham Panthers. And then he also had two assists and 14 pims in one game with the Hamilton Steelhawks, who are a team that's part of the Allen, Allen Cup Hockey, which is a top-tier Canadian senior ice hockey league in Ontario. So this guy's oh, coming in. Okay. <laughs> Last play in the NHL in 2017-18 with the Wild. So there you go. And the Flames. He had 16 points in 54 games that season. Uh, 321 points in 652 games over 10 seasons. He did have back-to-back 28 goal seasons in 2009-10 and 2010-11. Never broke 18 after that. So he's still looking for another 20 goal season since then. Uh, I, I have a lot of questions about this move. But I think it's mainly just they didn't want to sign somebody and actually have that contract in the books for next season. And they wanted a player that could provide competition for, like I just mentioned, uh, Joel Farabee or maybe Morgan Frost for that third line wing role. And they wanted a player that those prospects should be able to beat out, but will get some pretty good competition from in training camp. That makes sense. So maybe I think that, yeah, I think that's what they're trying to do here. Not sure. I uh, he could uh, be good. I I would imagine the one thing the, in the running for a third line wing. I mean, yeah. The, I but was going to say the one thing I I do like what the the current Flyers administration is doing is giving that chance for the kids to yeah. to make the team outright. And I would love to see you know somebody like Frost, Ratcliffe, uh, Farabee make that that third line right wing uh, the germ has a chance. <laughs> I, um, I guess Rupsoff would be somebody else that could be on that, yeah. But no, I agree with you. And that was, uh, I, I like Hexall because he hoarded draft picks, kept prospects, didn't trade away the youth or put the future at stake, you know, yada, yada. But I do like that Fletcher seems to just be willing to see if the kids can play right now. Like the, him calling apart and playing him. I, I mean, if Hexall was still here, I don't even know if he'd been playing this year. Honestly, and then we might have had twelve goalies. <laughs> might have had twelve goalies. The yeah, dirty dozen. <laughs> uh, but that's uh, I'm trying to think of what else. What was the other thing he did? But yeah, I mean that's a the example of him giving the. Oh, and then uh, when you look around the league, a lot of players that were drafted two years earlier that are are rookies that season. So players, I feel like a good amount of players that were taken in 2017 drafts will be debuting the league this year at some point and i feel like the flyers are a little bit behind that but i i don't know Provorov and connect me were on time but everybody else it seems like maybe they maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing if they were brought up to the league a little bit quicker and it seems like fletcher isn't isn't gonna you know hold back on that front so hopefully uh and, and chris stewart too is on the on the wing 
the, I mean, Patrick Maroon is still out there and I know Patrick Maroon's, you know, reputation with this podcast, but if you wanted a power forward wing that could serve the quote unquote veteran role that is just going to go to the blue paint and get greasy goals, Pat, I mean, Patrick Maroon is just one cup. He's still out there. But I think they just didn't go that way because they didn't want to give him. Mo- they didn't want to sign anybody to a contract or give out money right now with Pro Ralph Konechny's deal. And also, I think they actually want to see Faraby or Frost take it. That would be my interpretation, Stephen. I think you're right. I think you're dead on. All right, good. You're damn right, I am. That's how every. I think we should do every every segment of the show should just be. I say something, and then you're like, "You're damn right. You're so good at this." I mean- you know. <laughs> there's definitely there's artificial arguments that a lot of podcasts and radio shows will throw out there and argue for the sake of argue. I'm not going to argue because I a hundred percent agree with you here. That's what they are setting up to do. I like it. I'm, I'm all about it. And I want to see the kids get a chance. I want to see them get up there. I don't quite have the impatience that a lot of people have going, when are we going to get to the rookie factory? <laughs> when are we going to get to the frost factory? But well, it, yeah, I understand. I understand. But they're also certain guys that develop and certain guys might seem like they're Sam Marin at this point where they've been in the, <laughs> the program for 10 years and they're 47 years old and they're never quite going to get to the NHL. Just can't keep his name out of your mouth. Can you? It is. Oh, you're old taking old. on more in mafia. Uh, yeah, you I, can just consider me. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if I want to do that because I think they're going to have a lot of time this year to focus. They're not going to be watching him play NHL games that much, it seems. So it's, I don't know if we want to, you know, they're going to have a lot he's of time. Making, to focus. He's 100% making the team as a top four defenseman. All right. Real talk. If he doesn't make, if he's not. You could consider me the Elliot Ness of <laughs> the Morin Mafia. I'm taking him down. If he if he does not play more than five games this season, are we still talking about him next year? Or is it I finally mean, we're going to talk about him because we talk about everybody. We spent five minutes right. talking about NAK, but yeah. <laughs> I think his his name you start to hear it a little less and a little less, and he's got what one more year after this on his I think contract. So. Yeah, I don't I don't know. The I mean, they no might more. just not re-sign him if he doesn't make the team this year. He's got he's essentially got two years to make the big squad and make that impression. And if he can't do it, they just might give up on him and he will become a journeyman. I have said I don't think he's I think he's going to make the league. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near what some of these more in maniacs think it's going to be. I I really think he's just going to be like a third pair guy. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he is the next pronger. But man, it's. It's a lot of grooming. It's a lot of developing and grooming of a prospect. Uh, they uh, take him under a wing for, well, if they're going in the next season, they'll be seven years after he got drafted, and we're still waiting on him. So that's a uh, payoff's going to be fucking awesome if it actually does pay off. <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, another possible bottom six body, uh, Anton Bertasov, according to Sam Carcitti. As he tweets, uh, quote, report suggests the hashtag flyers, you don't have much cap space, uh, Rangers and Panthers are pursuing winger Anton Bertasov, 28, 
a big power forward who had 19 goals and a league high 114 penalty minutes in Russia's KHL last season. So with Russia's KHL last season, he was an alternate captain with Salavat Yuliov Ufa? Steven? Ruling? Is that good? <laughs> Ruling. <laughs> Does that look... Do those letters look like the words I just said? Salavat Yuliev Yufa. I think that's it. He's a 28-year-old Russian right winger. He's six Salavat foot two. Yuliev Ufa. Salavat Yuliev Ufa. Salavat Yuliev Ufa. Sounds like a chant. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm good. Or a spell, like maybe yeah. a Harry Potter spell. Oh yeah, Salavat Yuliev Ufa. And yeah, then a guy turns into a frog or some shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know Harry Potter. Uh, how many How many Harry Potters have you watched? Have you watched them all? Did you read the books? I did not read the books. I've seen all the movies. I have not. That, that's not my primary geekiness right there. I, I read think the I've first seen book? the movies once through. I read the first book, saw the first movie, and then was like, I'm done. I don't need any more of this. I know we have... Uh... The, the first movie is essentially for babies. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. Well, that's... It's for very uh, young children. It's... Oh, it's okay. Desi- I did. It, it I gets more... It gets a little more mature as it goes along, Craig. Yeah, it's, yeah. The first one that. is for very young children. I think the second one's for very young children, and then it... it not very yeah. young, but maybe like, I don't know, the 8, 9, 10 range. Okay. I feel yeah, like that's yeah. what they're aimed at. But I come to this as a, a cantankerous older man having seen it at the time. I mean, well, they... I'm saying I saw I read that the, the movie, the first one came out, I think, when I was in fifth or sixth grade. Saw it. And then I was just like, all right. I'm good. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. You know, I don't see a lot of movies, though. You don't. I do not. And we don't. You're but... basically a pop culture just dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> well, wouldn't a. But wouldn't a pop culture dumpster take in the? Oh, so you, you're saying I just watch bad entertainment? No, like you just. I'm sorry, a black hole. Like nothing. There you go. You, you there you go. Shit. Yeah, um, the first Harry Potter. <laughs> the first Harry Potter came out in 01. I was yeah. in high school, so I, I was you know in prime. Like yeah, I'm too cool for that. That's fifth grade phase. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to brag that I'm younger. I'm very young. I'm not even 30 yet. I don't know if people know that. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm 35. I'm, my back hurts. I'm always tired. It's great. Yeah. You don't have people to get off your lawn. Things of that time. nature. Yeah. So you're, uh, but you're... in South Philly, it's get off my stoop. <laughs> hey, stoop gets afraid to lose stoop. And then you got to spray him with a hose. <laughs> okay. Or, you really... or dunk or dump a bucket of water from your, your second floor window. <laughs> I told you about my favorite South Philly conversation I ever saw, right? Where uh, there was a guy on my block talking to another guy across the street. Uh, the guy on my block was on his front steps. The guy across the street was in his upstairs window and they were having a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty You look good. over, you're like South Philly. <laughs> Just smiled and crossed your arms, shook your head. Oh, South Philly. Oh, South Philly. Oh, classic. I'm excited. I mean, there's always sunny, which I think chronicles Philadelphia very well. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I kind of sometimes want to write a, like, 90s style 
family sitcom about South Philly. Oh yeah, you definitely could. Well, I mean, well, I, I got to get that. the same guy who wrote the theme songs for like Family Matters, Full House, <laughs> and oh, there's I think Perfect Strangers. I looked this up one night. I had a, a very bored night where I looked up because I, I kept getting the Full House and the Family Matters themes confused because they basically sound the same. So my question is, what have you watched the Goldbergs? What is your decision on the Goldbergs? Oh, is shit, that... that's right. The Goldbergs exists. But that, I've they... never watched the Goldbergs. Okay, but they, the guy I think grew up in, um, oh my fucking God, I'm going to forget that. It was near Warrington. Like Ben uh, Salem? No, not Ben Salem. What's, oh my God. I'm gonna fucking it doesn't forget. matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But it was, uh, uh, it was it next to, matter. yeah, it doesn't matter. The, uh, but it takes place in the suburbs of Philly. It's not really about the. It's not in the actual city. I mean, they they talk about Philly all the time. And yeah, like I, I and Boy Meets World yeah. did that too. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I didn't want. I, no, okay. I want one set in a South Philly row home where, like, you'll see like a bum taking a piss outside, like South Philly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what would you call it though? A no, that's uh, that's too. What would you call? It's too Barbarino. That's yeah, that's Barbarino. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Well, just cheese sticks and football. Is that what Philly? That'd be the name of the film. I call it use guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll have to get back to you on that. I, yeah, well, I, I, <laughs> I just came up with this idea. I haven't had a time to. to All right. <laughs> Maybe you'll Stew power go out figure again. this out. Think about or electric or the internet. <laughs> I'm really, I apparently am not going to be able to tell the difference between internet going out and power going out. No matter how many times I want to say your internet went out, I'm just going to say all electricity. Just an FYI. Your just phone so went out. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Let's take it easy there. Uh, your getting mom back to- went out. <laughs> Burn. So Bertasoff had 114 penalty minutes. Uh, he most penalty minutes in a KHL season, uh, and the most before the season, he had 33 in 2013-14. He also that took like part. Well, he also took part in the KHL All Star game. Like he, I think that the whole thing with him so far is 114 penalty minutes is a little misleading because he never broke 30 like 33 pims in the, his KHL career before that. So he just had one year where apparently he just, I don't know, was sucker punching people, just going around tripping people, and that's it. And I think that's why everybody kind of looked at at the tweet, and everybody was just like, "Classic flyers." So we'll see. Uh, classic. Flyers. We'll see. We'll see if he signs. I don't know. I remember uh, uh, Lubimov because I talked about him yesterday, and I'll talk about him again. I'm pretty sure he signed around. I think he signed around this time of year, if I'm not mistaken. He signed in the middle of summer and everybody was just kind of like, all right, we'll see what this guy is. And then he ended up playing a bunch of games for the Flyers. So who knows? Who knows, Steven? Did you see th- this guy reminds me of, did you read, um, down goes Brown, Sean McAdoo's, um, piece the other day on the athletic about essentially it was like the makeup of every NHL team. Oh, no, Not so it's projecting the opening night lineup for whichever team you personally cheer for. <laughs> and some of them are like the superstar everyone loves, the other superstar that everyone loves slightly less, Jacob Vorchak. Uh the terrible oh, I... contract. 
do you think Jake Voracek is a star on They're this team? Plus, I think Jake Voracek is made, like the new scapegoat. I think Katori would be the second one. Yeah, you're uh, probably right. I mean, just uh, I'm sorry. That's besides the point. Continue though. Yeah. Anyway, um, on the <laughs> third line, on the third line, he has one called the KHL guy. Oh, okay. Oh, well, there you go. The description is, you've never heard of him until a few weeks ago, but apparently he's on the way, and you've talked yourself into it. See, this is what smart teams do. They scout the world and find those hidden gems. Let every other team waste their assets on trades and free agency. Your team is out there finding guys who can contribute for next to nothing. Heck, for all you know, he could blossom into a full-fledged star. This guy will be gone by mid-November, and you'll never hear his name again. (laughs) That is That's our Bertisoff. He's coming. He, now he's definitely now that you read that, I think he's coming over here. And I couldn't oh, be yeah. more excited. He's coming over and he's gone by mid November. Yeah. It's kinda like Michael Raffle too. That's the way he kinda came over. Except he just didn't he wasn't gone by that November. He's he's he here. He's kinda hung out. <laughs> he's gonna be a flyer for eight years when his contract is done. If he's here it's for crazy. isn't that weird? Like Raffle's gonna be a flyer for him. Decade, always been gonna... just fine he's always been there you can't say that you can't take that away from michael raffle he's always he's been there, he's been there. you That's... can you knock a lot of the rest of his game but if you're doing an employee evaluation and you have attendance <laughs> michael raffle he's getting a three out of three. Oh my god he always had those perfect attendance like ribbons that they handed out in elementary school remember that shit or like how they used oh, to yeah. give out like yeah Oh, like good it, for you. You show up every yeah. day and don't get sick. Whatever. My, Michael Raffles got 12 just badges or posters or cars. Just the perfect attendance. Never missed a day of school. That's him. What an asshole. What an right. asshole. Now I'm hoping Bertasoff comes over and takes Michael Raffles. <laughs> Start real, building a weird case against Michael Raffles for no reason. For no reason other than just being here. But it seems to be good enough. Speaking of not being here. Oh, why am I? Do we? Do you usually do the segues? This feels weird. I feel like I've done every single one. <laughs> you are jumping all over them, and I'm just sitting back and saying, "Well, young buck, you try." I'll try my damn. Uh, Norverth. Speaking of not being here, Michael Norverth has a uh, a PTO with the Toronto Maple Leafs for next season. A professional tryout. Oh, uh, not paid time off. Well, uh, he has he's very familiar with paid time off. Oh, good night and good hockey. Yeah. Uh, but he, I mean, actually, uh, funny enough, he and Chris Stewart are the only PTOs around the league. I checked cap friendly to make sure I wasn't missing any, just these two Thank so far. God. And I also, uh, we'll go over Michael Norbert's uh, stats right here. And then I'll ask you a question that could kill a lot of time. Uh, he was one, four and one last season in seven games, a cool eight fifty nine save percentage four twenty seven GAA. I will say though. Kept? When your save percentage starts with an eight, you know, sometimes, you know, it's like an eight ninety nine, eight ninety seven. You're like, oh, well, maybe he is around league average. Or, you know, like maybe he just had bad luck. Level. Yeah. Eight fifty nine. Eight fifty nine, you're 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 putting your foot down. You're like, no, no, no. I'm fucking up this season. You people, you need to all recognize this. I'm having a bad season. And uh eight fifty nine's like you should consider retirement. <laughs> I mean, if you're Michael Norvirth, I kind of feel I mean, he did just have a kid like two years ago, right? I guess uh, he's got to make some money for that. But he, 
I mean, he hasn't been, uh, he's just been hurt a lot. So maybe, oh my God, he's going to go to Detroit or he's going to go to Toronto where Dave Haxtell is an assistant. What is he doing? Like, he's just, he kept getting hurt because he kept playing a lot. And now he's going to go to Toronto and it's going to be Haxtell and Babcock to be like, no, no, no. You get in there. You you do this back to back. We have Frederick Anderson, but you know we're gonna wear you down. We're gonna wear you down real quick. You give the uh, Brian Elliott treatment. But this <laughs> the Maple Leafs are the new. Uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna win the Connect because they have. Could you repeat they, that real quick? Just we got a little Matrix action, so just uh, repeat that uh, when you come out of the Matrix. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the Maple Leafs are gonna win the Stanley Cup uh, in 2020 because. Of the Hackstall factor, and because they are Norvis going to be their backup next year. My, Michael Hutchinson's also there, but I think uh, I think Norvis just has to make it. So then we have people to point to if the Leafs do make make it all the way. So, uh, might as you, well sign Maroon while they're at it. May may as well, yeah, yeah, because it usually does come in waves of uh, like three or so players. So I mean, you got Hackstall, or if you're the Montreal Canadiens, about six. Why Why doesn't Fletcher just trade Pitlick to the Canadians for a third right now? I feel like if I was Fletcher, I would just slowly trade the entire bottom six to Bergevin by the end of the season. Bottom six being... I don't being... know what Bergevin <laughs> is looking at when he sees the Flyers roster from last year, but he is licking his chops and going, you know what, this is, this is what I want to make my team up of. This the most mediocre team in sports for the last six or seven years. <laughs> That's what I need to make a team of. It really is fascinating that he got so uh Jordan Wheel, Nick Cousins, Is it Dutch Gretzky, Dale Weiss, and Christian Foline on the back end. He took five players from the 2018 19 or no, sorry, Nick Cousins wasn't here. Still though. That's way too many former Flyers from this segment of years to be like, yeah, I need some of that on my team. <laughs> you tell me. The Canadians don't have any prospects that they can just plop on the third line. Just call it a day. They got to go out and sign Nick Cousins and Phil Veroni. You don't need both of them. Like You, you don't. You really don't. Yeah, you, one's enough. But you want to make fun of some trades? Sure. Were there uh, trades? Uh, there were three. Four, actually, but the fourth one was uh, your boy Dakota Joshua uh, got traded to the Blues for future considerations going back to Toronto. So, Oh, man. But James Neal for Milan Lucic. What are your thoughts on that? Oof. Number one, Flames. That's a whole lot of mess going back and forth, yeah. Flames. That is, that is just garbage left. It is... Woof. Actually, now that I'm looking at it for both sides, it is just exchanging oh. trash for trash. Like, you're, both of your backyards are filled with trash, and you just <laughs> said, you know what? I'll take that old engine for my old engine. I agree with you. I didn't care enough to look what type of seasons these two had, but yeah, it's pretty much just... I, I, I want to say the Oilers got the better of this deal. IMO. They're saving a little bit of cap space, and I think I'd take James Neal over Milan Lucic. Believe me, it's I not guess, by, but it's not I mean, by, I'm looking at these numbers. It's it's not yeah. Like I'm, pretty sure. I'm gonna read the numbers out. I'm gonna read the numbers out. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Neil, 31 years old, 
four years left at five seventy five million a year. Seven goals, nineteen points in sixty three games last season. Four more years. Lucic, Lucic, thirty one years old. <laughs> four years left at six million a season. Six goals, twenty points, ninety one pims in seventy nine games last season. That is. Obviously, you're getting a better deal with the points per game with Neil. I also would theoretically, if we're to look at the two for career trajectory, I think I would take Neil over Luchik again. I do not care about either of these players. <laughs> They're so like this is such a I don't know. It's just a funny trade. Just because it's Neil, too. Did Neil play with Crosby in Pittsburgh? Remind me. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think he played with Malkinmore, I believe. No, actually, oh, okay. you know what? I think he played with Jordan Stahl. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, sure okay. Because I, I was wondering if he could be a recipient for no. Connor McDavid in a way that that Crosby oh. used to. You know, you know, oh. Crosby always takes on two scrubs, and yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he makes lemonade out of shitty lemons. Yeah. Hey, when life gives you lemons, you throw lemons at people. But the thing with James, you I feel lemons, like you make lemons and all stars. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You make uh, yeah, you make lemons in the Patrick Maroon. Give him his uh, 27 goal season or whatever he had when he played on McDavid's line. But yeah, I didn't even think about that. They could put James Neal. But see, that's what I mean. James Neal, I feel like he I feel like he is more likely to have another decent season than Milan Lucic. I don't know if that's I don't even know if that's accurate or not. I'd I, have not paid attention to these two guys in a while. Although James Neal was kind of relevant like two years ago. Two years ago, he had the, the Knights run. Yeah. And yeah. Honestly, he was a guy until he signed for as much as he did. I, I kind of thought about the Flyers. Maybe. Wouldn't have minded him. Yeah. Yeah. But then he signed for that long at that much. And it's like, nope, did not yeah. want any part of that. Yeah, he was definitely, he would have been somebody that I wouldn't have minded giving a one-year deal to last year. Obviously, it's a lot easier to say I don't want that now. But he was, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have minded him on the wing uh, last season. But uh, Going back to the, in relation to the Norworth PTO, the Kyle Dubas and the Leafs traded Garrett Sparks to the Golden Knights for David Clarkson and a 2024. Now, David Clarkson, I didn't know his deal was still around i didn't know his contract was still going i know it was long. i didn't either i i like i i i knew vegas was the last team to have it and looking at clarkson's career i forgot he was with the blue jackets but that i forgot about the whole nathan horn uh angle but garrett sparks is a 26 year old goalie he has one year left 750k david clarkson uh he's just not playing again he he i guess uh quote-unquote retired back in 2016 with chronic back problems but he hasn't played he played 23 games in 2015-16 where he had four points for the blue jackets uh and this deal doesn't it's actually a pretty smart move by kyle davis which you know shocking but uh genius yeah so at the start of the season clarkson um who else? Nathan Horton, Zach Hyman, and Travis Dermott's contracts all go on the books. Are uh, those all still around? They're all still around. Yeah. I'm, how? I, I don't know. <laughs> I have. I got no fucking idea. But it's all going to be around. 
it's going to be around like 13.6 mil, I think. If I'm doing the quick math. Uh, and then they're going to be around two, $2,159,699 over the cap. That's where they are right now. Once the season starts, you can put all these guys on uh, into reserve, long-term into reserve, and then you get all the cap space back, and then you can sign Marner to whatever deal he wants. Uh, and all they have to do now is clear out those $2.16 million. And looking at their looking at their roster, I mean... I mean, Zach Hyman makes two point two five million, uh, so they could easily uh, clear it out. But we'll see what we'll see what happens. But it, it was a pretty it's a pretty smart move considering the Mitch Marner situation. Like a lot of the brand, like a lot of the RFA deals around the league right now, just kind of in a standstill, and it's just a staring contest, and one team is waiting for somebody else to just kind of like, kind of give in and get their player a deal. But uh, weird trade today. Uh, and that kind of explains the PTO to Michael Norworth that happened yesterday. But uh, and then the last trade is Armin Nisimov to the Senators for Zach Smith. Who? Uh, Zach Smith, Steve, thirty-one-year-old uh, forward, two years left at three point twenty-five million a year. You know, Zach Smith, he's not good. He, I think, he had a twenty-goal season like uh, three years ago, but he, he's just not good. And he's one of those guys for some reason gets kind of uh, he doesn't get like super hyped up. He's not like but I've seen some people get really excited about Zach Smith for no reason. And uh, I, I don't get it was it, when he was two years ago, he was put on like the TSN trade beat. And it was like, who the fuck wants Zach? I don't I, This was a, this was to help save Chicago money because uh Nismoff, Yeah. makes 1.3 million more a year than Smith and Anismoff, I, I think is just going to be playing a third line role for them. So, uh, yeah, this goes back to the whole Bowman thing, kind of making perplexing moves when earlier in his career he kind of seemed to be pushing the right buttons, and it seemed to be going pretty well. But that's uh, there's some trades, Steve. So how you uh, how you feeling about any of those? You got any hot takes for the uh, the Vegas deal or the Anisimov Smith deal or what's the what's going on? What are I your thoughts? I can't believe the Lucic Neil deal is a real thing. I can't happen. believe it happened, and I can't believe I can't believe like this is a deal where. I feel like the Oilers. When's the last time the Oilers got the better of a deal? So, oh, sorry, they stole, they stole Stolarz in the earlier in the season. So before that, though, what was the other big deal by? Like, when was the last time the Oilers got the better of any trade? Well, it certainly like wasn't that. any of their trades with the Metropolitan Division. Yeah, that would be a that would be a good start. Yeah, I don't even know where. I don't know Ryan Strom is on the uh, it's on the Rangers now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I like how the yeah, the Islanders traded Strom to the Oilers and now he's with the Rangers. He just ended up coming back to his division. So they uh Yeah, now they're playing one another. But anyway, let's move on to uh arbitration cases. There's oh boy. I mean there's only twelve cases left. Pretty much everybody's signing. The only few that went to Andrew Cop went to had a hearing. Got awarded two years, two point twenty eight million a year. We already as we already talked about. Uh, Christian Juice also went to a hearing. I think the Caps worked it out before a ruling came from it. And then Evan Rodriguez actually went to his hearing today, and they are waiting for the outcome of it. Uh, and it's supposed to be within 48 hours, I believe, is how it works. But 12 cases left. There were 40 entering the summer. Uh, pretty much the only two big names left for me are Pavel Pushnevich and uh, Will Butcher. Besides that. I mean, those names are nothing like Christian. You're like of the use. 
<laughs> Will Butcher. You know, sometimes you dunk on Will Butcher, but I don't think he's as bad as you as you think he is. He I don't sounds, know who the hell he, Will Butcher is. Well, that's the thing. He sounds like another obscure Devils player that we've seen for years now. But he was, he's pretty good. He's fine. He's pretty good. Sure. I like him. Yeah, sure. Uh, the good. next few... Next, pretty good. Uh, what is today? So the 24th, Steve? Oh, it doesn't oh, matter. Oh, yes, it's oh, 24th. All right, Dave Rich and uh, Bushnevich are the 29th. Those are the next two hearings. Uh, and then after that, it's Chandler Stevenson on August 1st. And then a few players on August 2nd and August 4th. But this is... Uh, yeah, this is this is July news here. There's a a lot of minor league minor deals going on around the league. A lot of Scott Lawton type deals going around that uh, is making making headlines because not much else not much else to do. I mean, we can. Uh, you want to start getting into the bullshit? You want to start talking about the hypothetical Let's penalty shot here? Let's dive right into the bullshit. Let's, bullshit. Let's yeah. put on our yeah. snorkels oh. and go yeah. into the deep end. I'm not well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to do that visual, but yeah. <laughs> I'm not snorkeling through shit. That's the name of my second album. <laughs> snorkeling through shit. Yeah. It's the it's the um oh my god, I'm blanking on uh shit it's sandwich. The, uh, Nirvana album. No, the Nirvana album where the baby's reaching for the dollar. Never mind. Yeah, it's that one, except it's you in a snorkel mask in a pool. Full <laughs> shit, go for a dollar. <laughs> That's just art. <laughs> That's just art. Yeah, did you like it? I forgot the name of Nevermind? Yeah. I'm not 30 yet, though, so I Black can't imagine what it's going to look like. Of pop culture. <laughs> do you have the uh, rules for this hypothetical penalty shot? Uh, just it, going off the top of my head, the, it is supposed to be the shoot. So this is for your life. Your life depends on this. The shooter mm-hmm. is the best player born on your. who shares birthday. a birthday with you? Mm hmm. And, and then the goalie the goalie is from the year you graduated high school, the winning goalie from the team that uh, yeah. won the Stanley Cup when you graduated high school. So I graduated in 2008 and my birthday is November 2nd. So I have I believe I took a real quick look at my uh, the players that share birthday with me. And I think the best was Matt Colin or Luke Shen. And the goalie was Chris Osgood. So I feel like if I just had if I just had a a little bit decent of a skater, I wouldn't be. I feel like Chris Osgood's pretty beatable. Yeah, IMO. Yeah. So really, if I could have just not gotten Matt Cullen, like if I could have gotten like I don't know Blake Wheeler or like Line, just somebody cool from any of the decades, I think I would have been fine. (laughs) But I think the best I got was was Matt Cullen. Yours sounds pretty rough. Mine's really rough. Yeah, yours I too. was born March 15th, and I looked through all the players, and the best player that I share a birthday with is Darcy Tucker. Oof. That is Bad. pretty... Wait, who else... Wait, who else do you remember seeing from that, uh... Like, who I else has a birthday? Up. Oh, okay. I can't believe Darcy Tucker is, like, the... Darcy Tucker was at least the name I recognize the most, but... It's it's not good. So Darcy Tucker, and then I graduated high school in 2002. Red Wings won that year, but it wasn't Osgood in goal. No, no, no. It was Dominic Hasek. (laughs) 
Darcy well, Tucker versus Dominic Hoshik. I mean, RIPD Steve, I guess is what we're looking at here. Yes, sir. Finally means I get to fly purple. It's all mine. Who's going to be your new co-host? It's not going to be a new co-host, and it's just going to be two hours of me doing around the league. That's the new. Uh, that's what the new setup's going to be. I hope everybody's ready. Good luck with that. Is <laughs> what the people like around the league, and that's the only reason why they listen. So, oh, it's By not the, the batch got, update. <laughs> it's not the batch update. I got twenty players here. I'm going to rattle. I'm just going to go through them, and you you tell me who you would pick out of these names. You ready? Doug Baldwin, not that one. Daryl Bootland, Jordan Curran, David Cooper. Matt Cullen, Martin Grenier, Cal Heater, Vic Howe, Philip Fronick, Fronick, the guy on the Devils or the uh, the Red Wings this year, H R O N E K, uh, Rick Lee, Rick Lay, sorry, Curtis McLean, uh, Rick Meager, John Machulik, Bill Mozienko. I'm just making these up, apparently. Uh, Tim Ramholt, Ruslan Soleil, Luke Shen, Jason Smith, Ted Stackhouse, Paul Thompson. Like who is for, the, like I for taking a penalty shot? I guess Luke Shen. I th- that's what I mean. It's like, but Luke Shen or Matt Cole. <laughs> right. Yeah, and the, the more successful Cullen. NHL player on my birthday is James Reimer, but he's a goalie. Oh, yeah, that is true. I'm gonna but move. Then, he's not gonna beat Dominic Hasek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah, you're pretty. It really does not matter who you would go up against. Like you're just, it's gonna be rough. I could have oh. Eric Lindros and he's not going to be Dominic Hasek because, you know, we saw that penalty shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there's nobody born on November 3rd either. I don't know what day. When are all the famous NHLers born? Yeah, let's figure this out. This is our I'm going to figure this out right now because it's not November 4th. either. <laughs> OK, fifth is Sergey Berzin, uh, Sean Brown. Yeah, these are all. I don't know where. I, you know what? Oh, Nikolai Zherdov is November fifth. There you go. I'll take him against Osgood. Say right, that. I'm gonna take one more look at mine. <laughs> See who you got. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so now I have hockey reference up. Here's the full list. I'm just making sure this is March fifteenth. Yes, it is. Jared Allen, Hi Bueller, Tom Cassidy, Rob Collins, Dan Curry. Jean-Francois Fortin, which I saw as Fortnite at first. JF Fortnite, yeah. Stu Gavin, and Stu spelled S-T-E-W. Stu Gavin the what? Oh, oh. God, that was that was a good one. That was a good dad joke. That snuck up on you. You weren't ready for that one. <laughs> I wasn't, because I was too busy obsessing over the fact that he spells Stu like a, a hearty beef dish. Oh, okay, I gotcha. S T E W, not like yes. uh, Stu Grimson. Gotcha. Right. Of course. Steve Guola, <laughs> Yannick Hansen, Phil oh, okay, there you Cohen, go. Ryan right. Yardine, Frank Jerwa, Paul Cruz, Brendan Lemieux, Craig right. Ludwig, okay. Joe Matte, Philip McRae, James Reimer. You're Stacey getting like roast. Mark. Sh- oh, wait. Okay. Okay. Mark Shifley shares a birthday with me. How many people were born on March 15th? A lot. Oh, okay. I was going to say apparently 20. 
According to the Hockey Reference Report on November 12th. Okay. <laughs> Shifley good, uh... shares my birthday. He's got half a chance at it. Shifley's pretty so. good. I think uh, Shifley's the one. The also notable, not really notable, Tyler Sloan, David Steckel, hmm. Blair Stewart, <laughs> the aforementioned Darcy Tucker, hmm. Chris Vandevelde. Oh, oh my God. Wait a second. How did this never come up before? Share a birthday with Chris Vandevelde? I didn't know until now. We're Are you okay? Brothers. Do we need to? Yeah, do we need to talk this out? Are you all right? I think I'm kind of big news. Okay, yeah. I'm a little shook. Yeah. And there's one more, one more, friend of the show, favorite of the show, the one, the only, Peter White. <laughs> That's kind of fitting. He was on born on the fifteenth. I like. Uh, I would say. So Shifley, I think, would definitely stand a chance, and I would say Yannick Hansen is probably a better choice too than uh, than Darcy Tucker, unless Darcy I'm... Tucker does technically have the most points of anybody on this list. Yeah. Oh well, Yannick Hansen wasn't in Vancouver for long. I just remember him being uh, fast AF. So yeah, Darcy Tucker, Tucker. had four hundred and seventy-six many... points. How many? Uh, how many games? Nine hundred forty-seven. Okay. Yeah, that's not the bad. <laughs> Shifley has three seventy one and four forty eight. Yeah, Shifley's a monster, so he yeah. would probably. I checked a weird Wikipedia list earlier, and that didn't have everything. So, yeah, good gotcha. to know. Mark Shifley might save my life, and Chris Vandevelde most likely will not. If you had to, what do you think the odds would be of Chris Vandevelde making a penalty shot to save your life against Chris Osgood? If Vegas open up, like, what are the or against Dominic Hasek? Sorry, I'm Chris Hasek. You're Dominic. Oh, Dominic Hasek. You, you know, I, I basically get two billion dollars just if he does score. Yeah, I'd I get a million start. dollars if he hits the post. I'd start writing out my will if they're like, "Look, Chris Vanderbilt needs to make this shot." I'd be like, "All right, look, I'm going to get my affairs in order." Thank you. Brother gets my computer. Uh, I don't know where I don't know where everything else goes. Or somebody can have my clothes. That's it. Everything, I got nothing else. It's closed in a computer. And they can all go to Goodwill. <laughs> I've already retracted the computer from my brother. So, uh, You wanted to talk about uh, Shaq in a mosh pit. And I think Shaq in a mosh pit, yeah. I went on Instagram yesterday, and I saw this <laughs> video of Shaq just going nuts in a mosh pit. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, he... I mean, he. I, I thought more bodies would hit the floor, though. I thought he would have been pushing like more the famous song. The yes. <laughs> oh, God, the hit the floor. Uh, drowning pool. I'm like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Drowning pool might be the most irrelevant band of all time. Do you think they all have like nine to five jobs now? Or do you think they may like that was enough? I think they all work at like a Lowe's. <laughs> There's just like somebody needs help setting up like a bat, like a porch. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to give you a we'll give you a drowning pool. And they're like, what is that? It's like, oh, four guys that need work. <laughs> <laughs> they used and to be the whole band. time, the whole time they're doing the installation, they're going to be singing their hit song. And let the bodies <laughs> hit the floor. I hope it's just every action they do. They would have to say what they're doing. 
Like if they were putting that wood, it was like let the hammer hit the tech. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go laminate these floors. Let's go laminate. You just go around <laughs> just working. There it is. That's what they did. If that's not what they're doing, they now owe us for setting them up with a great career path. <laughs> so I'm fully expecting to receive a <laughs> receive an email from the lawyer of drowning pool who, <laughs> assuming works for free because they can't be making any money <laughs> please like, the subject line is please for the love of god actually read this <laughs> like he has google alerts just set up for drowning pool and it's gonna like he's gonna get this alert tomorrow from like a flyer podcast and he's like i don't, I don't even know what to do with this like what do we i don't i don't know how to go about this legally <laughs> This just all seems. I want. So, what was the question you're gonna ask, though? I want you to ask the question because you, uh, the you thought of hit the floor. <laughs> Nothing wrong with me. God, that song was so. Song was way too many places back in high school, like early 2000s. For how it was the style at the time, because like I know I was just looking was. on the Met website the other day, the uh, the Met Philly. And mm-hmm. one of the upcoming bands is Papa Roach and Papa Roach oh. and Drowning Pool are basically the same band. Yeah. That, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, it's me. Yeah. My <laughs> life in two pieces. Uh, my question was. I which... get, hold on. Wait, wait I was going to say, I guess the man booked Papa Roach because it was their last resort. All right. So what was your question about? <laughs> good night and good hockey. That's my question dead, was, my question is, with with Shaq going nuts in that mosh pit, and he could have gone a little more nuts, like, granted, but, you know, that's still an intimidating figure to see in there. Yeah, absolutely. I would not go. a good time. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I guess he was probably home back, so. Which all-time flyer would you like to see in a mosh pit? I To me, the... I, I think the answer is Eric Lindros. I just want to see him. Just want to see him thrashing around, throwing bodies. I would. I, I just want to see like bigger guys that had attitudes. I guess so. Like Lindros, Bashir, yes, Tom Sestito. Oh, like yes. I don't like Tom Sestito, but I imagine he would hold his own in a mosh pit. Uh, Sandy now, McCarthy? what about the opposite? What about the opposite? Like, I, do Danny you want to see a sandwich happening? A Danny Briere just flying around in the pit? <laughs> sure. Not Danny. Well, oh, man. I, I feel like Danny same Briere thing is crowd surfing to safety easily. <laughs> uh, we were talking about uh, Darcy Tucker earlier. I feel like Sam and Kaepernick goes into a mosh pit. He might be having a, might be having a couple flashbacks there to how violently... Uh, first round he'll get so just thinking about I, toronto <laughs> is sammy kaffinan like the smallest recent like flyer he was pretty small briere small was teaming in small uh not not Teeman was not, like average height yeah he just looks small next to pronger human well yeah <laughs> which is kind of uh but i think yeah i don't know how i don't know how tall Briere was exactly i think he's like five nine right Look it up. If only had the technology. If only we if had only the technology. For you now. Hey Siri. 
How tall is Daniel Breer? Oh, there you go. Look at that. Siri answered me correctly this time. <laughs> it's a nice change of pace. As opposed to Siri's been giving you the silent treatment lately. I had to keep lately. asking Siri over and over this question. She would not respond, and I had to cut the bit from the podcast. <laughs> and he took a leap of faith, and uh, she she responded this time. So I'm happy for you, Steve. Uh, do you right. want to, do you want to, you want to do the batch update? Let's do the batch update. I want to do the batch update so bad. Right this is what everybody's here for. This is, I guess, what everybody's here for because it's good. It's a good time. Yeah. So let's get into it, folks. It's a kind of long one. Again, remember, we Let did the not. batch update go with. <laughs> remember, we weren't here last week, so I'm using the update from last week. Because we don't watch a show and we don't know what the fuck is going on, so I refuse to. Here watch. it is. I I agree. It, it's a matter of principle at this point. But let's talk about it. Quote: This week we go to Greece for fantasy suites, where Hannah has one-on-one dates with the remaining four guys and decides if she wants to spend the night with them. Stephen, your thoughts so far? S- Sounds interesting. Sounds like a, a Bachelorette episode, if I've ever seen one, which I have not. So, My genuine... big, fat, Greek Bachelorette episode. Now that's a movie. Didn't they come no, out like right three right. of them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, first up is Pilot Pete, our good friend, Pilot Pete, friend of the show, who wears pants on a boat and later has sex with Hannah at least twice in a, min- in a windmill, parenthesis, a.k.a. the fantasy fantasy suite Jesus. there's a lot to unpack on this one there is a lot to unpack on this one so first of all what what is your problem what is your brother's problem with pants on i a boat? don't know I, that's a weird factoid like yeah he wore pants on a boat okay maybe it gets cold on a boat maybe sometimes he, you know what i you know i'm gonna have to ask you i'll ask you in the morning. i really don't know it's a weird factoid this is the thing where i don't I go through to make sure I know where the breaks are. I don't actually read the things at first. So I, I don't oh, know what, all about it. Yeah, I don't know what that we'll we'll have to get a confirmation. I'll share the answer, whatever it is, when we get back to it. Um Okay. So my next though. one. My next one. Windmill. Windmill, there's a lot to unpack. First off, it's in a windmill, right? Not like not like doing a sex move that is called the windmill. I don't think they would show a sex move on ABC. So I assume this is ABC after dark. Oh, baby. Okay. Well, first of all, we're going to get the work after dark. We're going to get working on that programming after this episode. Secondly, uh, no. So I think they just were having sex on a windmill, which I mean, hey, if you can, that's great. Uh, I I don't say besides that's a weird (laughs) fantasy suite. That, like, are they going is for environmental fantasies? Are they going for Dutch fantasies? I don't understand. Uh, mini golf accessories. Mini golf fantasies. <laughs> Homer and Marge are all about that one. Very odd. The next one is just going to be uh, they're just uh, they're just making out in the mini sand trap, like on like the fifth hole. They're just standing on like carpet that's just painted white, and that's all it is. They're having uh, sex next. in an alligator mouth that keeps opening and closing. <laughs> a 
I was gonna say I don't know what they would do to the final hole where you have to put the uh, you have to shoot the golf ball into the clown's mouth. I don't know what they would do with that, but well, we'll we'll see. We'll figure it out Magic, next week. That sounds very romantic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next, uh, continuing next is Tyler, who gives Hannah a steamy massage and has a very respectful conversation about boundaries with her in the fantasy suite. Which sounds like, uh, I mean, the, the according to the Pilot Pete's experience, it sounds like a waste of a fantasy suite, in my opinion. I agree. You, and just to be yeah. clear, just to be clear, they're having a conversation about boundaries in the fantasy suite, or are they having a conversation about boundaries in the fantasy suite? Like specifically in the fantasy suite, like it, it, it sounds we're not like going this far in the fantasy suite. <laughs> it sounds like the respectful conversation about boundaries was in the fantasy suite. So it I sounds see. like it sounds like Tyler. Uh, it sounds like Tyler's plan. I'm hoping this wasn't Tyler's plan. If uh, if it, you know, it, it's not going according to plan. It sounds like he's gone very far. He's not at the sex in the windmill state that he needs to get to. He's got, uh, I guess, two weeks left if they're all hanging out in their hometowns now. I don't know how many weeks are left, but we'll see if he can uh, turn it around. But I, I, I'm, I'm hanging with Pilot Pete right now through these two fantasy suite experiences. It seems like he knows what he's doing. Thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. Who knows? We, That's no, yeah. fucking weird, dude. Let, well, let's continue. Uh, Jed, right there. Weird. Uh, Jed and Hannah hang out at a random Greek family's birthday party. As one Jed, does. Jed interrupts the date to tell Hannah that he's upset with her for keeping Luke Pither around. <laughs> Jed. And once upon a time, the Flyers fans were upset with <laughs> them for keeping Luke Pither around. Jed comes off as a dick, but they go to the fantasy suite anyway. So I think uh, I think Luke and Pilot Pete are were uh, doing better than uh, what's his nuts Tyler here. So, uh, yeah, Luke Pither. Jed, Jed, Jed is Jed. upset. Jed's upset. Jed, yes, that's what it is. How are you going to keep Luke around? He's a big <laughs> jerk. He's a big meanie. I'm going to I think that's how Jed sounds. In my mind, you nailed it. Like, that's how I think. <laughs> Where's Hannah? That's, that's Jed to me. Where's Hannah? <laughs> Finally, it's Luke Pither's date where he tells Hannah, if he, if she's had sex with any of the other dudes, he's out. She reminds him that she's an independent woman who doesn't owe him anything and tells him to leave, topping it off by mentioning the windmill sex. Whoa. <laughs> now that's a bachelorette moment. <laughs> I'm just picturing, well, you know like, what? And, I had sex in a windmill. And then they show everybody's shocked faces like, oh, my oh, God. The windmill? <laughs> the sexiest of the fantasy suites? Here? Certainly sexier than the heart-shaped bathtub. I was trying to remember yeah. what is typically heart-shaped in one of those cheesy like motel fantasy suites that people go to. I I would not have experience. I would say the heart-shaped tub, though, is it, it feels like the... I think of... When I think of Fantasy Suite, I kind of think of that stupid SNL skit with, uh, oh my God, I forget the name. Will Ferrell, Rachel Dratch, and Jimmy Fallon, where they're all in the hot tub. And like Will Ferrell and Rachel Dratch are like the old crazy couple. The that trying to... Yeah. Yeah. So that, when I think of Fantasy Suite, I kind of think of that setup. So like a hot tub on like a balcony, and then like they have their own hotel room. 
That's what I'm thinking of. Is they that love us? <laughs> uh, that was a pretty good. Uh, what do you think, Rachel? What if, have you seen Rachel Dratch in anything lately? She's in Thirty she Rock. She was just in the a bunch of the former SNL Thirty Rock ladies put out a Netflix movie. Oh, she was in. pretty Wine good. Country. Was that what it was? Wine Country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw it yeah, with like uh, Mon Rudolph. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll check that out. Yeah, Amy lots Poehler. Lots of funny too. ladies. Lots of funny ladies. Yeah, lots of out. funny ladies. What a ringing endorsement. That... <laughs> yeah. That... I'm sorry. If I... yeah, lots of funny uh... people. Yeah, people. There's, yeah. I'll leave that uh, disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Okay. So next week, I assume that means this week. Next, <laughs> next week is parenthesis, men tell all, and parenthesis. Where all the dudes that have been on the show hang out and talk about the fun times they've had, and then they fight. I was gonna say I don't, I don't and think do an Luke Fitter. Walk. I, I, don't, I don't think Luke Fitter's having a good time. Just hearing <laughs> about all the sex like going on. Yeah, windmill he's, sex. Yeah, he's like, oh my god, all these single people just having sex. Un- unacceptable. What is this? Windmill sex. I think windmill sex. That's a pretty good band name, actually. <laughs> like scarecrow boat. Yeah. <laughs> you ever have sex in a windmill, Steve? Can't say that I have, Craig. Next one of us. No. <laughs> <laughs> the year was two thousand five. Now windmills were uh they weren't around yet, so they had to be a little bit later than that. They weren't around what? yet. <laughs> yeah, it's the oldest form of generating power. Nah, that's a that's like a, a damn. 80s. It's like an 80s invention, the windmill. They're, they're new. It's oh. not. Yeah. So the 80s, but, it was like Nintendo and the windmill. Yeah, those are the two big things. And that was it. A lot of people forget the 80s. So that's the that's the batch update, though. So that's uh, that's everything. Is that uh, two we, weeks of batch updates? I mean, so the thing, this was the one for last week. Uh, so I just carried that one over from here. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna make Ian write a a pre or like a uh, like an exhibition batch update. I don't need them. I don't need to keep them warm. Like it's once a week. We just had an off week, so I just thought I'd carry this one over. You know, people are gonna be mad. Nah, they'll be fine. Yeah, we'll have one. We'll probably have one next week. I imagine. I don't people know. They're gonna be we'll mad. See. Yeah, we'll see. Oh wait, I think. I think next week is uh the yeah next week's the finale then isn't it? Is what I I, I don't think know. The well, men tell all. I believe if they're having this men tell all where all the dudes you know are hanging out, being like, oh yeah, right. And then I imagine that leads up to the finale. We're probably getting close. Yeah. Which might mean that we would have a guest on next week, <laughs> which we might talk about at a later date. <laughs> we'll have to figure it out, but. Anywho, do you want me to do around the league? Sure, buddy. All right. Uh, let's see here. Mika Randon was offered, or is about to be, or has been offered a one-year deal for $4 million from AK Bars in the KHL. I don't think he's going to accept it. This is the whole contract thing with the Avalanche right now. My favorite candy. Pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. <laughs> uh, Jack Hughes and Capo Caco have both signed their ELCs. 
Uh, Bowen Byram, Maurice Sider, Dylan Cousins, Lassie Thompson, Philly Hainola, Tobias Bornfoot, uh, Simone Holmstrom, Connor McMichael, Samuel Fajamino, Fajamo, uh, Brett Leeson, and Alexei Protus also Fajamo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wish I don't know why I always like struggle with the pronunciation of that name, but uh all MDZ, Justin Clues and Chris Wyman have signed one year deals with the Ducks. There's been a ton of signings, so I think I'm you know two weeks of signings, I think I might just there there's way too many. Just pick out the big names. Man. Let's see here. Yohan Larson stays with the Sabres. Ryan Zingle goes to Ryan Zingle goes to the Hurricanes for two years. Uh, Burkowski, Colorado, one year. Burkowski, one year, $3.25 million. Ryan uh, Donato stays in Minnesota, two years, $1.9 million a year. Robbie Fabry stays in St. Louis, one year, seven hundred k. Derek Anglin stays in uh, Vegas, one year, seven hundred k. Jacob Rana, two years, $3.35 million a year. That is it. Uh, Matt Molson has signed with the Hershey Bears, the Caps affiliate. Jared Bowl and Fredor Tutin have joined CBJ's front office staff. Uh, Bowl as an assistant development coach and Tutin as a member of the scouting staff. Kevin Deneen named the second head coach in San Diego Goals history. The HL team for the Ducks, Mark Savard, joins the Blues as an assistant coach. Ron Francis named the Seattle GM. And the U.S. Uh, a group of U.S. Senators are pushing for Willie O'Ree to receive the Congressional Gold Medal, which will be the highest civilian honor bestowed by the Congress. Uh, Jackie Robinson, Arnold Palmer, and Roberto Clemente have also won the honor before as athletes. Oh, that would be great. I'm really so, hoping that Willie O'Ree gets that. He definitely deserves it. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Actually, I haven't followed up. That was for the episode two weeks ago, so he may have gotten it we we don't know we'll never know but that's we'll, uh that's we'll never know there's no way to check that's a, yeah that's around the league so <laughs> cool that's that's all i got steve this is uh an episode of fly purple uh <laughs> and i do want to say i will say i actually do i'm doing a q a tomorrow but the way i was gonna do it was we for the for the draft clips that we did, BSH Radio, we, you know, we, I'm, I'm not telling you, Steve, I'm telling the, <laughs> the people, but we recorded our own clips that were three or four minutes long. We all sent them along and put them in this post. But while I was doing that, I decided I wanted to try and do, I guess, solo podcast a little bit to see how they would go. I'm going to try that out tomorrow. I'm just taking all your questions. I'm going to record it by myself on my iPhone, set up the post, and I'll go out on Friday. So Think if of you fly verbally without all the distractions or nonsense. <laughs> so if you think if uh, if you happen to hear this tomorrow early in the day, go ahead and send me questions. If it's the afternoon or night, I'm, I'm I've probably already done the episode. But if uh, if it goes well, I plan on doing this a little bit more. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the, the draft things went well, but they're also a lot shorter. And I I've never tried doing a. A, a lengthier podcast like this by myself. I don't. I don't know if whatever I'm going to do tomorrow is going to be, you know, over an hour. But quite a few, uh, uh, quite a few questions. So I'll have some awesome things to answer. And uh, that's uh, that is now. That's it. Now I have nothing. Now that's it. Now you have nothing. Now we're done. Yeah. Good. 
Well, oh, if wow. you have any feedback, <laughs> wow. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Uh, if you better. have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can follow Craig at Sports Are Bad. Sports Are Bad. I mean, that Q&A, and I'm also working on other crap, but I'm trying to, it's going to take a little bit of time trying to pump it out now. A lot of, uh, a lot of prospect stuff that's going to take a little bit of time. So, sports. like going back in. Yeah, they sports, they take bad. a while. They take a while. Sports take a while. That's your next Twitter handle. That's the worst. <laughs> the worst way to sell sports. What are sports? I don't know. They take a lot of time. I don't know. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It's I hard to explain. <laughs> you can follow me at Flyperbole or at Estee Bomb, but you know, make it Flyperbole. We all know what's up. Yeah, we all do. All of us. All of us. Every one of us. Uh, be sure to follow BSH Radio. Be sure to follow Broad Street Hockey, like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook, and be sure to rate, subscribe, review on all of your favorite podcast apps. Be it Audio Tra, be it Three Men in a Podcast, be it iTunes, be it Spotify, all that great stuff. Be it on Golden Podcast. Ooh, that's a that's a bad. <laughs> Cheaper by the podcast cheaper by the podcast well folks that's all we got until next time in the words of the great gene hart good night and good hockey well let the wells hit the floor 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 let the world nothing wrong with me cut my wells in two pieces (laughs) (sighs) hello everybody this is fly purbly it is a podcast about hockey mostly the flyers but also other hockey things like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey steve but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah!